last night, as is always the case, every Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and much of the rest of the week, you will find me in my office counseling with people who have needs, who have burdens, and who have problems. And it seems like this week that the problems have been a little greater, not mine, but others, this week. Last night, of course, well, last night, a young man came to the office, and uh, he had a few problems. Talked about 45 minutes to an hour, I guess. He said, you know why I came here? I said, no. He said, I was attending another college in this nation, and you came to that college and preached every year. And he said, I never have felt like folks love me very much. I've never felt really like people like me. And he said, you seem like you loved us when you came to the college. And he said, I'm here at your college and your church because I felt like you loved me. When that young man left, I said, thank God. It got through to somebody. It got through to somebody. And last night when I went home a long time after, I, I was lying awake thinking about the burdens of our people, the heartaches. For 16 years, I've carried your burdens. I mean that. I may not look like it. Sometimes you might think I act like it. But I've carried your burdens. I've wept when you weep. I've cried when you cry. I've tried to help your young people. When Dave, I mean, uh, Dale Minton stood this morning in Carroll, I wanted to shout. I wanted to shout. I mean, I know no greater joy. I know no greater joy than to see our kids turn out like Dale and Carol and others have turned out. And uh, this morning I'd like to sort of tell you some things with Paul that I'm ready to do for the next 16. You'll keep paying me a few dollars a week to keep us fed. If you don't, I'll steal it out of the treasury. <coughs> but uh, anyway, there are four things I want to call your attention this morning that I'm ready to do, and I want all of us to be ready to do. The word ready in the Greek is a very interesting word. It means eager. <coughs> it means I am a volunteer glad to do it. I, I'm eager to do it. You know, I like a fellow who does something to do it with all he's got. That's one reason I used to like to watch William, Lay, William Mays play baseball. I'll tell you, uh, there's something about that fellow. Every time we're on the field, there was electricity. You could tell he liked to do it, and the basket catches, and, and the way the Say Hey Kid, and, and Willie the Wanderers, and so forth. That's one reason why when I was a youngster, I liked to watch Bob Cousy play basketball. Now, most of you folks are too young. Uh, you don't, you, Dr. John Rice says you're too young to know anything. But uh, now Bob Cousy played basketball. My, the zest that he used in playing basketball. And that's one reason why I love to hear me preach. Uh, I, uh, I'm not a great preacher, but I sure enjoy it. And, uh, and I, uh, I, love to, I love to do it. And, uh, and uh, I, uh, because to me, I'm eager to do it. I wake up in the morning, <clears throat> I don't say, some preachers wake up and they say, oh, what day is it? 
Oh, it's Saturday. Sure glad it's not Sunday. I've got to preach today. Not me, brother. I'm looking for... I, I wake up preaching. I mean, I, I preach every day. I've averaged three and a half sermons a day all up and down this country for the last 20 years. Why? Because I'm eager. I'm ready. I want to do it. I want to serve God. I don't sir. Now, that's one reason I don't sing that song much. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Him. Well, thank God I want to see Him. But, brother, I'm enjoying the trip, too. And I love... And so I, I, I say, Paul said, I'm ready. I'm eager. I want to volunteer. I'd gladly volunteer. And there are four things he said he's ready to do. The first place he says, I'm ready to serve. He puts it, I'm ready to preach. He said, as much as in me is... I'm ready to preach. Hey, that's what builds great churches for God, and that's what gets the job done, and that's what builds a Sunday school class, and that's what builds a bus route. When a Christian gets the place to where he says, As much as in me is, I am ready. I'll do it now. Turn me down about that much, please. I am ready. I'll do it now. I'd gladly do it. I'm ready to serve my Lord. I am, Miss Colston, you have folks asked to sing specials. And some say, well, I just think I'm a little hoarse this week. But some say, I'll be glad to. Or somebody says, well, I tell you what, I didn't. I sang about three weeks ago. But some people say, I'll be glad to. And Brother Fist, you have folks who you want to you assign them up to a visitation team. And some folks say, well, I just I think I'm sort of timid. But some folks say, I am ready. And that's what I want to be. I am ready. I want to. I'm eager to. I am ready to serve. Uh, Sir Colin Campbell uh, was once a faithful Christian, and he was told that he was wanted to serve God in England, wanted in I- India to serve God. He had never been to India. He had never thought about going to India. And somebody said, God wants you in India. How long will it take you to get ready? And he said, 24 hours. 24 hours. And in 24 hours, Colin Campbell was on his way to serve God in India. It was, uh, <coughs> there was once a, uh, a Moravian uh, preacher who was asked to go to Zinzendorf. Is that how you pronounce it? Zinzendorf, Greenland. He had never heard the word Zinzendorf, and uh, it sounds like a Polish town. But anyway, uh, he had never heard the word Zinzendorf, and, he's, and he said, somebody asked him, said, would you go to Zinzendorf, Greenland, to preach? He said, where is it? And they told him, how long will it take you? He said, when my boots come home, the cobbler, I'm ready to go. When his boots came home, the cobbler, he took off to Zinzendorf, and there gave his life in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to serve. Oh, God, give us some Sunday school teachers who are ready to serve. And God, give us some bus workers who are eager to serve. And God, give us some choir members who are eager to serve. And God, give us some young people who are eager to serve. And say with the apostle, I am ready to serve. There's a second, I am ready. Paul said, I am ready to suffer. May I read it for you once again in Second Corinthians chapter 12? <clears throat> Verse 14, Behold, the th- I'm sorry, in Acts 21, 13, it says, in, uh, verse, But Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. May I say, folks, I mean this, and I don't mean to be an alarmist. I don't mean to be a rabble-rouser, though I guess I am. But I don't mean to be unkind. I don't mean to be an alarmist. But you mark it down. We're going to have to suffer for Jesus if we believe like we believe much longer in this country. I mean, I mean, I mean, this matter of our country going socialistic and communistic, it's no joke anymore. 
while I stand here this morning in China, the bodies of millions of Chinese Christian people have been buried beneath the sod, killed, martyred. What was their crime? Believing and preaching this wonderful book, that was their crime. I'm in folks this morning in Cambodia. Oh, I can't sleep sometimes at night. I think about it. Those dear Cambodian Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ who love God and love this book. What is the crime they've committed? Believing in Jesus. That's what the crime is. They've cut their bodies open and poured gasoline inside their bodies. And I've got pictures in my files. Gasoline inside their bodies and set their bodies on fire and burn those Christians to death. You can talk about the domino theory all you want to. I talked to a, a politician from Australia recently. He said, you can say what you want to about the domino theory. He said, it's true. It's true. He said, Australia is just three years from missionaries being sent home and the gospel doors being shut in Australia and all around this world this morning, God's people in Russia. It's against the law to have a Sunday school in Russia. Three years in the penitentiary for having a Sunday school or printing a Bible in Russia. You talk about detente all you want to. But I'm not interested in detente so we can get, the, get them to quit killing God's people for preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And what we ought to do instead of meeting in space, we ought to meet over this blessed book and get back to God and decency and freedom once again. And all across this country, all across this world, people are dying this morning. Paul said, I'm ready to be bound. I'm ready to go to jail. I am too. I've made my mind up. Brother, and when they come and say, you can't go soul winning in Hammond, you can't knock on doors and witness on the streets in Hammond or go to jail, I aim to go to jail. I aim to go to jail. Whenever they pass a resolution and they say, as they have in two cities around here already, two cities in this area already, that you can't go knock on a door unless you get a permission from the city. And if you do, you break the law. Okay, just I'm ready to go to jail. I, I'm not going to disobey God. God has commissioned me to preach this book, and I'm going to preach it. I'm ready to go to jail, or I'm ready to die, if needs be. Over in, uh, over in Russia, uh, this uh, Dr. Wormbrandt, that's his name, isn't it, Wormbrandt, came here, and uh, what Dr. Wormbrandt was preaching, and he spent 14 years, wasn't in a communist jail, 14 years, in a communist jail and told things you wouldn't believe of how God's people are having to suffer for standing for this book. I don't mean for being obnoxious. I don't mean for being unkind. I mean for standing for this book. And Dr. Wormbrandt was preaching, and all of a sudden, he did like that. And he was preaching again, and he did like that. And after it was over, a, pa a preacher brother went to him and said, Dr. Wormbrandt, Several times while you're preaching, you, you did like that. And, and uh, you do preach a while longer, you do like that. He said, what was it that made you? And Dr. Wormbrandt took him off to the side. And he said, I'll tell you why. He said, while I was in jail, they came and told me I had to deny Jesus. And he said, I couldn't do that. And they said, okay. He said, uh, he said it's time to take communion. You'll forgive me for saying it, but they made him. I mean, the communists made him take his own urine and drink it for the blood of Jesus for communion and his own stool and he had to eat it and they put it in his mouth and said take your communion take your communion and he ate his own refuse from his own body in communion and yet you won't even come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night you won't stay home and watch television 
Oh, God, give us here at First Baptist Church a group of Christian people. Let the world call us fanatic, but let's, let's live seven days a week what this book says on Sunday. And let us be the kind of people who live it and love it and stand for it and suffer for it if needs be and die for it if needs be. Oh, God, give us the old-fashioned brand of Christianity where the Bible means something and where Jesus means something and where we can say ready to suffer grief or pain, ready to stand the test, ready to stay at home and send others if he sees best, ready to go, ready to stay, ready my place to fill, ready for service lowly or great, ready to do his will. I'm worried about my country. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about... Uh, Mr. Myers, I'm worried about this uh, this uh, X-rated movie place down here, and you are too, I know. And I'm worried about this dirty adult bookstore place down here on on State Street. And I'm worried about the dope. And and last night, I I talked to so many young people, and they're in trouble. You don't know the trouble our kids are in. You don't understand. I don't mean just ours. I mean the the youth of our nation. And I've cried and I've cried. And I I told someone last night. I said, it just seemed like it's getting harder and harder all the time to rear kids. All the time. And I guess I've cried more about teenagers this week than I have in months and months and months and months. It just seems like every, every weapon in hell's arsenal is pointed to our kids. Somebody ought to, ought to pass some laws and t- to clean up the dirty television programs and the X-rated movies and all the rest of it. I was on an airplane the other day, I think I told you. I was flying to Washington, D.C. And I, uh, I said, they got my ticket mixed up. And uh, they gave me a first-class seat. <laughs> and I've always wanted to sit up where the folks sit who wear shoes. And uh, so <clears throat> you say, did you tell them they made the mistake? Of course I didn't tell them. I sat in the first-class section. Did you pay for it? No, I didn't pay for it. Well, uh, did, they, did they know what they did? No, they made a mistake. Well, Brother Howells, aren't you a preacher? Somebody, aren't you a preacher, they ask. I say, yeah, I'm a preacher. Don't you live with the Bible? Yes, I live with the Bible. Well, why could you sit in a first-class section when you didn't pay for it? What scripture did you use? I said, that blessed old scripture, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. And uh, that's the scripture I used. But I, uh, <coughs> I sat down, and over here on this side was George Blanda, the, foot, the football player. And I spoke to him. I wanted to give him a few pointers on how to quarterback, but I didn't have time. And uh, so uh, I reached over, as I always do, and shook hands with the fellow beside me and said, My name is Jack Hyams. And he said, My name is Montoya. Oh, are you Senator Montoya of the Watergate Investigating Committee? He said, Yes, I am. <laughs> I said, Well, I've been wanting to get a few things off my chest for a long time. And uh, we talked together for about an hour. And I asked that senator, I said, Senator, why don't you fellows do something about the X-rated movies? Why don't you do something about the, about the adult bookstores? Why don't you do something about the Playboy magazine philosophy? Why don't you do something about the corruption? I said, aren't you worried? And that man, I think he's a good man. He said, uh, he said we'd like to. But he said, our hands are tied. He held his hands like that. And I said, by what? He said, by the courts. By the courts. And I said, and I wept as I talked to him, I said, Senator, it looks like for the sake of our young people, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to do something. And uh, it's, it's getting worse, no doubt about it. I, uh, 
I'm going to stand against evil. I don't care if they throw me in jail. I'm going to stand against the evil. I'm going to stand against the immorality. I'm going to stand against the indecency. I don't care. I mean, put a gun in my head. I'm not going to let our young folks go to the devil without somebody fighting for them and standing for them and trying to help them. I'll say something about that tonight in a special word or two that I want to say to our parents and to our kids. But I'm saying we may as well get ready to suffer. It could come here. Say, if you want to know how close, how, how close it is <clears throat> to Cambodia, get on a plane and see how fast you can fly over there. We're just a few minutes this morning where folks are dying for the gospel. Just a few minutes. And if we do not get some old-fashioned patriotic Americanism and loyalty to decency and right and character and principle and honor and respect and obedience to the law, our country is going to suffer just like the other nations have suffered. God doesn't owe anything to the United States of America. <clears throat> I know. I know. I think I've told you this, Dr. Hal Janney told me that my name is, 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 is in the top ten people that the communists would kill if they took over America. He's seen it. He's seen the communist list. I, I made up my mind. I'm ready to suffer. And I'm ready to die for this book. Um, there's a third thing Paul said he was ready to do. Paul said, I'm ready to live for others. I love this little verse. It's a wonderful, wonderful, blessed truth. Paul says, Behold, the third time I'm ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours but you. I love that. I seek not yours but you. Last night, Somebody came in, <clears throat> and they brought me a, they uh, brought me a, see, uh, uh, what was the first thing they brought me? Uh, oh, they brought me some grapes, <laughs> and I love grapes. Three or four of them, about dollars worth, and uh, brought me some grapes. And, uh, and, and, and somebody brought me a couple of little, little cakes, uh, health food cakes. And uh, somebody else came in, brought me some, um, um, oh, what's that seed? Sunflower, sunflower seed. And uh, I'm the healthiest physical wreck you've ever seen in your life. And uh, and last night I started to leave. I looked over here on a little, little hassock I have in my study. And I saw a little cake here and a cake here and a little sunflower seed here. And uh, somebody said they're going to bring me a cantaloupe today so I can juice it in my juicer. Cantaloupe juice? Oh, my. If you ever drank cantaloupe juice one time, you'd never drink Pepsi-Cola again as long as you live. And uh, so <clears throat> wouldn't be a bad idea even if you didn't drink cantaloupe. But anyway, um, uh, and, I, and I looked at, and I had a little, little grocery store over there on my hassock. And before I left, I said, oh, God, it's good to be loved. It's good to be loved. You know why folks are good to me? Because I love people. I'm ready, Paul said, to serve you. And I'm ready to do what I can to try to help you. I'm ready to try to make the schools what they ought to be. I'm ready to try to rear you young. I'm ready to... Now, I'm busy, and I've got a lot of people. And, and this, I, I, you know, 35,000 people, <laughs> you just don't see them all every day, that's all. But... Uh, but I'm ready to give it all I've got. Paul said, I'm ready to serve. I'm eager. I want to do it. I'll do it gladly. I'm ready to serve. And then he said, I'm ready to suffer. And then he said, I'm ready to live for others. <clears throat> Sixteen years ago, I came to Hammond, and I died. 
I died for the first year and a half that we were here. I thought I would die. I left the church in Texas I'd seen grow from nothing to 4,000 people. 44 people the first Sunday. Little town, 28,000 people. Liquor is still illegal in the town of Garland, Texas. There's 100,000 people still illegal in Garland, Texas. <coughs> when I left Garland, <coughs> 28,000 people lived in town, and, and 4,000 of them belonged to our church. One person out of every seven. Drive down the street, count one, two, three, four, five, six. Next house belonged to our church. Not exactly every seventh house, but one house out of seven belonged to our church. And uh, I, I came here, and I was a, <laughs> I was a Texan, and, and I was a rebel. I'm still a rebel. I live up north, but I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankee, but I'm a re- rebelling Yankee. And uh, I didn't like Yankees in those days because they shot my great-granddaddy in the back in the Civil War. After I said that one day, somebody came up and said, Why in the back? I said, Because you're running, you fool. That's why. <coughs> but uh, <coughs> I, was, I was homesick. And I, and you know the battles and so forth. And I'll be honest with you. I had given myself to the church in Texas my whole life, all of it. And um, when I resigned, I mentioned last Sunday night, it was like a funeral. I never heard so much crying and screaming and hollering and sadness and sorrow in a service in my life. And, uh, but I, I, my, it broke my heart to leave the people. I'd wake up in the middle of the night saying, I've got to get back to them. I've got to get back to them. And uh, I didn't give myself to you here for 16 months. And then one night I got on the airplane, a day I got on the airplane and flew back to the church in Texas. And I went to the little auditorium where I started and started preaching there years before. And I got on my knees and I buried the church. And I said, Dear Lord, my people are in heaven. They're going to have a pastor from now on. They're going to have somebody that loves them, who gives himself to them. And God knows for 16 years, for 16 years, I've given myself to you and to yours. This week, I've gotten quite a few nasty letters. Everybody doesn't like me. I know that's a great surprise to you. But, uh, and this has been, the, you know, they have a Rose Festival week, and they have a Groundhog week, and then they have Hate Hiles week in America, too. And this last week has been Hate Hiles week. Oh, my, you wouldn't believe the letters I've gotten. Not from any of you, I hope. Uh, but, anyway, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, my soul. And uh, letters, letters, mean letters, <laughs> and so forth. You wouldn't believe it. And uh, I got a bunch of them out Friday night. I guess a dozen of them, and laid them across the... One fellow said, yeah, you're just getting rich. <laughs> Glad to hear about it. <laughs> I didn't know it. You're just getting rich. Yeah, you're, you're fleecing all those people down there for your own self. That's what he said. And uh, one fellow said, you're a big shot. I tried to call you and couldn't get you. You're a big shot. I'm not a big shot. I can't help it if I've got a lot of people. I like it, but I can't help it. And uh, I'm not a big shot. And uh, one fellow wrote me and said, you're cocky. Well, when you're as handsome as I am, it's hard not to be. But uh, anyway, I laid the letters on the floor. And I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. But I just said, if you knew... If you knew, if you knew, I'm not, 
I act mean, but I'm not. I don't feel it. I just hate the devil, that's all. And, and I just hate sin. And I, I, I hate the thing that takes these young people and tempts them and lures them to something that will wreck their lives and blight their future and ruin their chance of having I hate it. And if that's mean, count me mean. I say it's love. I say it's love. And I'm not, I'm not indifferent. And I'm not rich. And I'm not a big shot. And I don't hate anybody in the whole world. And God knows it. I want us to say at First Baptist Church, let folks criticize if they want to. But let's don't fight back. Let's don't fight back. Let folks say what they want to say, but let's don't retaliate. Let's spend our lives helping these deaf people over here so they can hear the gospel and helping these dear rescue mission men up here who stumbled into our rescue mission needed a helping hand and help these pathfinders over here, these blessed, educable, slow teenagers and adults. I'm so glad to see them and help them and help the poor little sunbeams, retarded little boys and girls and help the poor people and help the bus kids and help the down and outers and feed the hungry and clothe the naked. And, and let's love! Let them hate us! I don't care! I, don't, I do care too, but I can't help it, but let's, they can't keep us from loving them. And let's give ourselves. Let's forget self. Let's forget what we have. Let's forget our own popularity. Let's forget our own needs. Let's good night. God's been too good for us to want anything. Let's live and die for others. Lord, let me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Lord, let me live for others that I may live like Thee. Paul said, I'm ready. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to serve. Paul said, I'm ready to suffer. I'm ready to go to jail. I'm ready to die. Paul said, I'm ready to live for others. For others. Paul said, I'm ready to give myself to You. So bus workers, let's give our one young man in my office last night 21 years of age, handsome young man, grew up in this church, one of the finest, most stalwart young men you would ever see. Young man could be an attorney. He could be a, a lawyer, a doctor, or he could go to the top in any field. Brilliant young man. One of our finest families sat in my office last night discussing his future, and his lips began to quiver. And he said, Brother Pastor, he said, I don't want to leave this area. I want to stay here. I hope God will let me stay here. And, and I, I, you know, I mean, I can understand why I felt I want to stay here. The air is beautiful and clear and clear. And, and uh, I was in a town not long ago. I had to wait on a, rare, on a train for a few minutes. And I thank God for this area. And uh, I don't know why, but it did. And uh, I, I, I said, why do you want to stay here? Here's what he said. I mean, a young man in college. I mean, a young man graduates in a year. His lips quivered. He said, Brother Hiles, he said, over North Chicago, I've got a bus route. And he said, the thought of leaving those poor little kids just tears me up. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful way to live? Oh, you people that live for yourself. What do I get? This rich, wretched old generation. Everybody's carrying a, a sign saying, unfair, unfair to... Blacks, unfair to browns, unfair to 
Indians, unfair to Polacks, un- I mean Polish people. Un- Good night to me if there's anybody mistreated as Texans. Oh, brother, to me I can't understand it. Everybody, everybody who can stand and hear them play. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? Anybody that can look at old glory wave in the breeze and be under that flag. Anybody can call himself an American who can get on an airplane and go anywhere he can afford to go and walk down any street a free man and walk in any church building still, at least now, still, and worship God as he chooses. None of us ought to complain. All of us ought to shout, Hallelujah! I'm a Christian and I'm an American. Every one of us ought to. Forget yourself. Feel for others. You're a doctor. Don't try to get better conveniences. Just thank God you make folks well. If you're a fireman, don't strike for more money. Thank God you can protect the lives of people with your own hands. If you're a nurse, don't beg for your own rights. Thank God. Thank God. Your privilege to stand like Florence Nightingales and help others. Shoot. I'd preach if I had to pay to preach. Deacon's always trying to <clears throat> give me a raise. And every once in a while I'll take one. Because Fist gets up within a few dollars of me, and then when he gets a raise, he passes me. I ain't about to let this guy make more money than I make, I'll guarantee you. And uh, I don't want any more money. Good night. Shoot. I'd, I'd, one time the deacon said, "Brother, said, let's give the pastor a raise, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars a year." And I, I said, "No." And one year, Mr. Mitzka, God bless him, stood up and he said, "It was time for the budget again." He said, "We ought to give the pastor what he deserves." I said, "No, don't do that. No, 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 no." Somebody said, "Let's pay him what he's worth." I said, "I wouldn't work for that. Oh, I wouldn't work for what I'm worth." But. Uh, and Brother Rouse, our good deacon chairman, said, No use in talking about it. He won't take a raise. He won't take that much money. And I said, Let him talk. <coughs> and Brother Rouse said, You mean you'd take it? I said, No, I wouldn't take it. But I said, Last year we talked about it for about, about 30 minutes. And you guys stood up and told me how much you loved me and said, we, Our pastor deserves it. And I said, I don't want to take it, but I want to hear all those speeches you made last year again. Oh, my. Ready to live for others. And then I hasten to say, and I don't guess I ever hasten to say anything, but I come to the closing point. Paul said, I'm ready to die. Ready to serve? Yes. Ready to suffer? Yes. Ready to live for others? Yes. Listen to what he said here. I, he said, I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to die. I am too. My name's in heaven. I'm not a good. I'm not. A, I'm not good as I want to be. But my name is in heaven. I know that if I died this morning, I'd go to heaven. I know that. I know that. I know it. Ever since Doctor Evan, Evans had his heart seizure, and by the way, he's going to be fine. We think, thank God. But ever since he had his heart seizure, I've been having pains all over here. You fellows been having the same thing, huh? You been having? It? You haven't got a heart, have you? But, <coughs> but. I've been having pains all over here. And uh, and I was thinking, I don't want to die. i still got some tears I want to catch. I don't want to die. I've still got some young folks over here. I believe we're going to make it if I can live. I don't want to die yet. 
I don't want to die yet. I want to beat the Oakland Athletics in attendance one Sunday. And I want, <laughs> before I die. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge Alvin Dark. Alvin Dark, and we, we, we're going to beat a, we're going to have a Sunday school contest with the Oakland Athletics. I mean, I want to live and see that. I want to have 45,000 Sunday schools on Sunday. You say, man, I lie. Ain't you got enough already? No, no. I want to live. I love to live. I enjoy it. I got some things I want to live for. But, hallelujah, if I die today, don't you worry about me, brother. Don't you? You say, poor old Jack, poor old Jack, nothing. I'll be, I'll be laughing at you from the sky, brother. I'm ready to die. I've been born again. I got saved one day. My name's in heaven. I know that. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to suffer. I'm ready to die if I have to. I'm ready to, to live for you others. I'm also ready to meet God. I'm ready to meet God. <coughs> I'm in His will. I harbor no bitterness against anybody. All I have is His. He knows that. And the older I get, the less much else matters. I'll be 49 years old, September 25th. That's September 25th. We should take notes when I preach. Um, I'll be 49 years old. And uh, that means if I live, get my three score and ten, I have 21 more years. But if the Lord tarries, I don't aim to stop at three score and ten because I drink too much cantaloupe juice. But, I, uh, but I, let's face it, I can read the calendar. I can look in the mirror. I can watch the hair fall. I can see the crow's feet. The older I get, all that seems to much matter is to let him have everything, all of it. All of it. All of it. You say, Brother Howells, I'd go to heaven if I died, but are you ready to die? I don't mean you're saved alone. I mean, are you in the will of God? Does He have everything? Have you sold out to Jesus? Have you? Have you? One night recently, I thought I was going to get to bed early. My last appointment canceled out. And so I, that means I was going to get to go home nine thirty or 10. And I thought I was going to get extra sleep. And some emergencies came up. And I guess it's 12.30 before I finally took off in the office here. And uh, maybe for a few minutes I felt sorry for myself just a little bit. Not long. Maybe for a few minutes. And then before I got home, I was clapping my hands and jumping up and down saying, Bless God, what a way to live. What a way to live. You know, the older I get, I've said this before, the older I get, I get worried about myself. Uh, Mr. Myers, I, I, I'm, I'm getting to be a Pentecostal instead of a Baptist. Uh, I don't shout in public, but I'm getting to where I clap my hands and praise the Lord because God's been so good to me. I was out in Southern California the other night. <coughs> I preached, and John R. Rice preached, and while he was preaching, I got back, back in the back, I got, I felt a spell coming on. And uh, so I, uh, after, after, during the closing prayer, I took off, and I walked, and I walked, and I walked, 
And I saw the palm trees. And I, I got to thanking God for His goodness. Oh, if any people in this world ought to show our gratitude to God, it's the people in this room this morning. Why don't you say with me and with the Apostle Paul, this morning, July 1975, I am ready to serve. And I'm ready if needs be to go to jail and suffer. And I'm ready if I have to, to die for what I believe. And I'm ready to live for others.